Mango Mustache Media. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of One Word Stories. I'm Alex Schulte, and this is the show where we take one word and let it inspire the stories we tell. This show is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in beautiful Cedar Rapids, Iowa, right next to beautiful Marion, Iowa. <laughs> Today, I say that because I have a very special guest who may or may not be from Marion. Um, and you know who it is. You saw that. You saw that. Uh, you saw the title. But before I say that, I got to tell you about this great service, okay? LAS Plus. If you want to support this network, support this show, get the exclusive post show with my guest today uh, that you're not going to get anywhere else, and every other guest that I've had on season two, you got to subscribe to LAS Plus. For 10 bucks a month, you get to support local in a way that's not been possible, and you're also going to get bonus content, ad-free episodes, discounts at our live events, and much, much more. Go to LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus to get started, or just scroll down and click on the link in the bio. We'd love to see you over there. Now, today, my guest is someone who I, I literally met a week and a half, two, three, three weeks ago now. Three weeks ago now. I didn't, he was right across the street from me this whole time over here on Third Avenue in the U.S. Bank building at the top. But um, he spends a lot of time in Marion. And who knew he's a great improv master. <laughs> we did improv last week at the Giving Tree Theater. It was so fun. We'll get into that. My guest today, Mayor of Marion, Nick Abawasili. Nick, welcome to One Word Stories. Thank you. Dude, I can't believe you said yes to this. Well, I said yes before with the uh, improv. I know. I can't believe you said yes to that. Me neither. You know? Well, and it's so, it's so funny because when we, we did that improv thing. So to give context to anybody that doesn't know, we teamed up with Improv Incubator, which is run by Anthony Jensen. He usually does. They do improv every first Thursday of the month at CSPS if you want to go check them out. They're hilarious. But um, Anthony Jensen, Peggy Summerland, and myself got up on stage as the quote-unquote professional improvisers, and then we were joined by our victim of the day, which was Mayor Nick. <laughs> and, <laughs> dude, so we had two rehearsals building up to that, two practices, I like to call them, because you don't rehearse improv, right? That's um, right. It's practiced. But you killed it. You were so funny. You're being too kind. I am not being too kind. You were so <laughs> funny. Be like, no, you're not... Um, um, Whose line is it anyway? You know, you're no Wayne Brady, <laughs> but but you're hilarious and and had a good time and it, and the audience was very friendly, so it it, it, it was made a it full better. house too. Yeah, yeah we we filled we filled yeah. the house and up you and guys you guys knew how to make me look good. So God, and you looked really good. Um, um, I but have to agree. I'm just kidding. you did no, you looked dapper <laughs> as hell. It was hard for me not to kiss you that night. Anyway, so let's go ahead and introduce today's word that's going to center our conversation throughout this entire. Con uh, this this entire podcast episode. Um, it's something that's affected you your entire life, and it's something that's very heavy in your life, and something I'd like sure. to be a little bit more prominent in mine. But let's have my friend Al Betker lead us in. Today's word is leadership.
leadership, huh? Yeah. You know Good nothing word. about that. Explain it to me. So leadership is when a man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're the mayor of a town. That's wild to me. I would never want to do what you do. Ever, ever, ever. Don't so much controversy. It. Not really. Really? I just feel like every like you just the way you eat a burger is going to piss somebody off. It's true. You Everything know? you do, you know, you could be criticized for it, but yeah. uh, but at you're some point it. you have to stop worrying about that and just do what you do and right and let you, the the results speak for themselves exactly and they certainly have and i'm not here to talk about policies or politics or talk about anything like that i just want to talk about you i want to find out who you are so to do that as cool. we always do let's work backwards in time okay so if you could give me like a quick i guess elevator pitch of who is nick abuasili in 2022 in 2022 well i'm a lawyer. I'm a partner with my law firm. Um, and I'm a 30 year lawyer. Actually, I look young, but I thought you were 30 year lawyer. 21. And then, uh, thank something. you. You're welcome. And um, I'm the mayor of Marion. I'm, I'm in my seventh year Wild. as mayor. Wild. So, yeah, kind of living, living my best life. Loving it. You're a father? I'm a father of three kids, two in college, one in high school. You just husband did a show choir. of uh, a wonderful wife. What's that? You just did a show choir competition. I was in the parent show choir show. Yes, at Linmar. At Linmar. You uh, so okay. You popped out of a out a of a washing machine. Believe it or not. Why did you pop out of a washing machine? I mean, I know, but I want you to tell the story again, anyway. So the parent show choir show is all, it, its only purpose is to make the kids laugh and the. You know, get, have a good time. Have a good time. So, uh, we uh, do our own version of the show, and there are three show choirs at the school. So, uh, the parents do a little bit of each of the shows, uh, and oh, like some of the actual choreography. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, really? uh, our own version of the choreography <laughs> is not quite the same. Um, and uh, at the very end, um, I came out in a washing machine uh, because. There's a story. Uh, some of the boys in the show choir were having a sleepover before one of the competitions. Believe it or not, they were playing hide-and-seek. And one of them decided to get in the washing machine and got stuck. They had to call the fire department to get him out. <laughs> so we decided to uh, have some fun with that. So I went I went to an appliance store, got an old washing machine that they were going to recycle, and then took the... Oh, it was a real one. I thought it was it, like a... It was real. Oh, see, no. I'm looking at a camera from the back of the yeah. theater. I thought it was like cardboard. No, you know, this was theaters. a real washing machine. Took the all the insides out of it and uh, yeah, got in there. And How did they get the kid out <laughs> when that actually happened? For real. I wasn't like, there. Oh, but, uh, okay. Like, um, you have to break it, I guess. Yeah. I, I think they took the top off or something. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so, but he was a good sport about it. He came up on stage and was dancing with us and, uh, yeah, it was, you didn't, it was fun. You didn't like open up some trauma for him. He's like, oh no, the <laughs> yeah. washing machine. Actually, his mom was, was part of our skit. So. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. That's so funny. Um, um, and so the, the fun thing about our night at the improv was you did get to tell some great stories and, and this was. This wasn't one of those stories, was it? Oh, it was. It was one of those yeah. stories. Okay. Yeah. I was like, did we just talk about this off stage or was that on stage? Um, it all blurs together. You told some incredible stories, and maybe we can get, work ourselves back to that. But I want to find out how leadership infects your, influences your life on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, yes, you're a lawyer. Yes, you're a father. But 
you're the mayor of Marion, and and there's a lot of responsibility that falls on your shoulders. Yep. What's the trick? How do you deal with all that? Well, um, I've had a lot of experience. Yeah. And um, I think uh, you know it's it's not easy, but it's uh, it's incredible when you um, can really make an impact and you see the results of the impact. Um, so it, it's a lot of, it is a lot of responsibility, you know, I mean, I'm responsible for a city of 42,000 people, right. um, responsible for making the right decisions that, uh, you know, 20 years from now, I'm hoping people will look back and say, you know, they were forward looking, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, keeping every, my, I see my job as, you know, this is leadership, right? I mean, you set you set the vision, you create the excitement, you create the momentum, you promote. You, I'm the cheerleader for the for the town, um, and then get out of the way and let everybody do what they want to do. You know, mm. what, what they what they know how to do it. You know, yeah. I, I I'm not the expert uh, in everything, but I um, try to keep everybody on the same page. I preach collaboration. I preach teamwork. I preach uh, the, the the vision and you know uh, serving the public. What we're here to do, we're we're here, uh, you know, as far as uh, what our mission is. We don't exist for our own existence as an organization. Right. You know, we exist to help people solve issues. We exist right. to to solve their problems. We exist to serve them and provide them. I always say an unequaled quality of life. That's mm. what we. That's what our mission is. Um, so. My job is to just keep setting that vision, and 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 that you know we're 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 not just fixing potholes. We're investing in people's dreams and and helping them uh, um, have opportunities to really enjoy their life and to meet whatever goals they have for themselves and their families. That's the you know I'm I'm kind of high level big picture, right? right. And then I get out of the way and let everybody uh, do what they do right. and uh, make it happen. That's amazing. Yeah, you so trust in people. You know, you, you, bet. you, you set it's them up for success. It's all about people. It's all about relationships, and it's all about um, earning the credibility. You can't be a leader unless people want to listen to you. Otherwise, you're not really leading anybody. And so it's, it's like it's uh, learning, er, earning trust and earning credibility with people, uh, doing the right thing so that people um, value what you have to say and, and put uh, credence in that and, and are willing to listen to what you have to say. So. Is there like a blueprint for earning people's trust, or is it just something that kind of happens over time and good actions? I think it's it's over time for sure. Um, it's um, you know I've I've been in the community for forty seven years, uh, and it, it's amazing to me how many people. Uh, well, we have a city council member right now who was a teacher at the high school. You know when I was there, mm. and so oh, he wild. talks about how I was in high school, right? You know and. So it's it's a it's a lifetime of building relationships, building credibility, caring about how people perceive you, and and making sure that you know it's it's you're perceived in a positive light, and uh, and being honest, being um, you know active with with yeah. integrity, yep. doing what yep. you say, and well, uh, so you know being sincere. I think sincerity has a lot to do with it, where people you know. People have don't see an ulterior motive. They yeah. see your sincerity and your, your genuineness. Have great bullcrap detectors. Exactly. You know, we've got great bullcrap exactly. natural detectors, and we can always tell when somebody's pulling our leg. 
That's right. So you do have to be sincere. That is a huge part of it. I think with anything, it's so funny. The way you describe that is actually the way that I describe to my students how to do improv. It's about relationships. <laughs> it's about building trust. You know, it applies. <laughs> it applies to every, lots of things in life. It really does. Um, so, <clears throat> did that passion come for, at a, at a late at a later time in your life, or or has that been there since day one? You know, um, where mm. where does the passion to help others come from? I mean, your parents must have been incredible people. Thank you. I, I, they, they, they are. Uh, my 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 mom passed away uh, three years ago. But uh, my parents, um, well, we we, you know, this. I was born in Beirut. Yes. Uh, we moved here um, in the mid seventies uh, during a, a time of civil war yeah. in in Lebanon, and um, they always taught us to ap- appreciate where we are and the opportunities that we have here, and. Daily, I mean, the regular phrase that came out of their mouth was "God bless this land, God bless this country," oh. and um, you know, really um, taught us to appreciate where we are and the opportunities we have that we've been given that we may not have had, and uh, you know, encourage us to to, to give back, and uh, you know that and that started at an early age with me, and I think one of the stories I shared, I think. I think that's is that story okay to share again? Which one? Um, of you coming, moving oh, to America. Sure. Go ahead. Or do you want me to share? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you're going to know better than I. So, so, so I think I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think it's an important facet of yeah. this, of your story. Yeah. You know, this is where it started. Where you're like, you saw a problem in the world from a very young age. Oh yeah. And then, subconsciously or consciously, knew from a very young age that you wanted to be a part of the change. Right. You know, and here we are, 47 years later, like you said. And now you are the change. Yeah. Um, but to give context to our best friend on the other side of this microphone, could you tell us that story of how you came from Lebanon to sure. the States? Sure. So it was actually in the, in the early years of, of a civil war. And, it, you know, it was a civil war that was caused by lots of regional issues. And Lebanon is a, you know, a, 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 a small country that really it's hard for them to control their own destiny because the regional politics are just so um, heavy and uh, it always, everything always spills over. And it, because it's a liberal, democratic, free society, um, it's easy to manipulate things there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, there isn't a, a dictator or, you know, it. so um, um, th- there were lots of regional impacts that caused the civil war. It wasn't really a true civil war between the people that lived there. Um, and, um, it, you know, it got bad enough to the point where we were, it, it got a lot worse after we left. But while we were there, we were having school on TV. And we were, um, uh, you know, basically couldn't go anywhere or leave our neighborhood. And at night you'd see red fireballs flying around. And... Uh, you know, and you'd hear the rockets land in, uh, you know, in your neighbor's house. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it got bad enough that uh, my parents decided to leave. Um, and they left with uh, my two younger siblings and they left the three older siblings uh, there. Really? Uh, because myself and myself and my two older siblings, so the three older kids, uh, with our relatives, with our grandparents and aunts and uncles. I think they weren't sure if they were going to stay, if they were going to go back. Right. And I think... You know, 
my grandmother's plan was that you know if if three kids stayed there maybe they would come back she didn't want them to leave oh so. that's so sweet um so that thought yeah um and then eventually they they sent for us and they, they decided to stay and they sent for us and so yes um i remember going to school and uh, returning the books and uh, and seeing all my friends my best friend uh, was going to Australia. Another one was going to France. Another, you know, everybody was kind of just everybody's dispersing, finding yeah places to go. Um, so, have you kept in touch with any of those people? I haven't. Or no, are reconnected? Yeah. I, I I haven't. I'd, it would be it would be oh. awesome, but um, so oh. I was nine. My brother was happen. yeah. <laughs> my brother was eleven. My sister was thirteen, and we um, got on a plane and um, flew to. Um, uh, Copenhagen, first time <laughs> leaving the country, first time getting on a plane. We flew by ourselves to Copenhagen. Uh, the airline had uh, a woman sleep, spend the night with us at a hotel, Aww. and uh, I remember just crying all night, uh, convinced that we're going to get lost. You know, that we're just never going to see our parents again. And uh, that's so scary. I, I'm sorry. How old were you? Were you? I was nine. Nine. Yeah. Um, and then I had just turned nine. We um, then the next morning flew to Chicago, and we get to Chicago, and we thought, "Well, we're here. We're in we're in America," mm-hmm. and uh, everybody got their luggage and left, and we're sitting there on our luggage and just like looking around, wondering like, "What now?" <laughs> we had no idea what was going on, yeah. and we thought we'd see our parents or somebody come to get us, and we just sat there for an hour or more. And it just or it seemed like a long time. And we just sat there and sat there. And we're like, what do we do now? And I thought, here it is. We're lost. It's it's done. What <laughs> happened? Yeah. And then somebody from the airline eventually came and found us and put us on a plane to Cedar Rapids. And, Got uh, it. We landed in Cedar Rapids. And So your uh, parents came directly to Cedar Rapids? Yes. Right away? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we have relatives. We had, had relatives here. And so this my oh, mom, my, my mom's siblings. We're here. Got it. Um, so we, um, <clears throat> yeah, we landed about 10 o'clock at night, and at 8 o'clock the next morning I was in school. Did you speak English when you got here? Not one word. I uh, spoke French and Arabic. So there was a French-speaking tutor that worked with me uh, for the rest of the school year, and then I started fourth grade the next year like any other kid. Wild. Yeah. How was that first year? fourth grade wild <laughs> wild yeah um you know i it's just you know getting getting into to, to familiar with all the kids and how things are done and you know i remember that first day of school kids were chasing me around the playground i was running away from them and they, <laughs> they just wanted to meet me you know and i, I was i didn't know what they, i didn't know what they wanted so i just kept running away from them but, um, <laughs> like but, i don't understand you yeah they're like we like you you're like oh, i don't know what they're saying <laughs> But uh, you know, adversity makes you stronger. Adversity absolutely um, really teaches you to be resilient, and it teaches you. Resilience um, could also be the word that we use today because you're very resilient. Yeah, yep, that's a big um, part of you. So anyway, so that's that's my my background story. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I want. I'm curious. Th- the friendships that you formed first when you got here. Have you maintained any of those friendships or anything like that? What, oh, sure. Because was, I, I I stayed in the Linmar district. You know, the whole, all the whole time. And now yeah, your kids are at Linmar. And my kids are at Linmar. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, oh, that's so special. Finding those first friends in, in here in, in the United States had to have been a really special thing for you as a kid. Yeah, and I'm still friends with with a lot of them. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, my 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 class, my classmates. In fact, one of them was at my house this afternoon. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, visiting in the area and came over to my house. So. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, let's jump forward far into the future. Okay, actually, I'm gonna interrupt our interview right here. Sure. We're gonna play a game, and then I'm gonna jump far into the future because I actually do want to hear how the pandemic was for you. Yeah. And what <coughs> plans were interrupted during the pandemic before the pandemic started, I guess, and see how how you um, found resilience and, uh, to be a leader throughout that time. But yeah. before we do that, we're gonna play a game. All right. Called True Love and Two Lies. Brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers. Yes, it is that time of the show where I bring three proposal stories to our guest today is Mayor Nick Abouassili. And he's going to guess which story of the three I provide are true. This is, of course, brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers, who you can find across the street from Lindale Mall on First Avenue. Let them help you tell their your story. I almost said it right, Logan. I almost got it. You were so confident that you were going to get it? And then I, look, yeah, I looked at Logan. You know when like Steph Curry shoots the basketball and turns his back before the basketball <laughs> even drops in? That, that was you. That's what I just did, and then it didn't go in, <laughs> which was so embarrassing. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, okay. Let them help you tell your story through jewelry. Ugh, I did it, Dad. I'm somebody. So, seriously, though, Steve and the team are going to take such good care of you. They're amazing. Um, um, and I, you, you, never mind. Never mind. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to spoil anything about the stories that we have coming up. I hope that wasn't a hint. But go check out Steve and the team. Um, they're amazing. They're fantastic. Oh, and also let them know that we sent you because they'll give you 10% off your order. So if you get a ring for a million dollars, you're going to save... A hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars? That's a lot of money. That could go towards something really special in Marion, right? Absolutely. At least <laughs> at least one light. Okay, so I did um, for the record, I one last thing. I watched you say a million dollars and then think to yourself, what's 10%? What's 10% of a million dollars? Look, we don't record this. We don't like video record this for a reason. Oh, okay. They don't need to see my gears turning because they're always <laughs> turning. I don't know things. Okay, you got it right. Anyway, save $100,000. Go to Ginsburg Jewelers. <laughs> that, that should be their slogan. That's save the $100,000. Go to Ginsburg Jewelers. All right, so three stories for you. One of them's true. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. Story number one. So my girlfriend and I are both huge Star Wars fans, and once the Star Wars park opened up in Disney World, I knew that's what I wanted to propose, how I wanted to propose. So I got us both signed up for the building uh, of our own lightsabers. Hers was red because she likes the Sith. I know, big red flag. Mine was blue. Together, that makes purple. So I got a third lightsaber made to represent us together. We were taking a picture with our new lightsabers, and then someone from behind gave me the purple lightsaber, and I told her that blue plus red is purple, and I'd like her plus me to spend the rest of our lives together. Aww. She said yes, and we have two little Jedis on the way. Yes, two. <laughs> That's story number one. All right. You think it's true? You don't know? You got to hear the other two? I got to hear the other two. Yeah, that's what they all say. Okay. Why do I, why do I, why do I, very well, could be true. Why do I even ask? Story number two. 
So we've been dating for a little bit over a year, and there was a family reunion coming up on his side of the family. He asked me if I'd go, and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to. Anyway, that night, he was going out to dinner with some friends, and before he left, he turned to me, held my hand, looked me in the eye, and asked me if I'd think about something while he was gone. I asked what, and he said, I'd like you to think about marrying me. He pulled out this beautiful ring that actually he designed himself at Ginsburg Jewelers. It had his birthstone in the middle of it, and then two beautiful stones on the outside to signify his arms, and that he would always have his arms around me. Well, we went to dinner, and when... He went to dinner, excuse me, and when he came back, I told him I had been thinking about it, and I said yes. We then went to the Lynn Cafe here in town, and I couldn't stop looking at the ring, and 12 years later, I still can't stop looking at it. Numero hmm. two. Was that just a plug for Ginsburg in the segment? Is that did I, did I put that in there? Is it fake, or did that really happen? It was just coincidence. Who knows? Who knows? Use your Use your mayor superpowers... You guys get that when you're elected, right? Oh, yeah. They infuse you with superpowers. What superpower did they give you? Mayor Nick? Patience. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> good answer. This is why you're good at improv. All right, story number three. Alex, you're never going to believe this because of who your guest is today, but I actually got proposed to at Giving Tree Theater. So it was a beautiful night. Snow was on the ground for the first time of the year, and we were going to see a show at Giving Tree called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I was there for that show. You were? Yes. I was there for that show, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to continue. Okay. Sorry. So, <laughs> you should be. So, my, uh, my husband got pulled up on stage to be one of the guest actors in the show, but little did I know that the actors were actually in on the stunt he was about to pull. So, a part of the show is they pull the actor up, he has to guess how to spell a word, if he gets it wrong they kick them out back into the audience. Well, they gave him his word, which was love. He spelled it on purpose, incorrectly. And when they kicked him off, they said Hi, is there a Stacy in the crowd? I stood up he came down to me in the in the crowd, dropped down to one knee, and proposed. All while the actors stayed in character and laughed at us and called us gross. It was beautiful, <laughs> and I would never change a thing about it. That was story number three. That must have been one of the performances that I wasn't at. Yeah, I wasn't at that one either. Because <laughs> I was the guest at, the, at, at one of them, and I did not propose. <laughs> at the show. All so, right. um... Mayor Nick Abawasili, what, what is which one? Decide, and if you get it wrong, you have to feed my cats Ugh. for a whole week, and they eat a lot. So you don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> I think it's I think it's story number one. You think it's the Star Wars one? Yeah. So we got Star Wars, we've got the um, the Ginsburg Jewelers ring, yeah. and we've got Giving Tree Theater. I think it's number one. We're going with Star Wars. Yes. All right. Well, without any further ado, shall we reveal to Mayor Nick what the real story is? So how Tim Garris proposed to me, Mary Garris. Uh, we've been dating a little over a year, and he had invited me to go to a big family reunion of his in Montana for a week, uh, where he's from. 
But for some reason, I had decided not to go. So we were about to go out for dinner a couple nights before he was leaving. And as we were about to go out the door uh, to go to dinner, he stopped me. And he looked in my eyes and he said, I want you to think about something while I'm gone. And I said, what? And he said, I want you to think about marrying me. And he brought out a ring that he had designed himself at Ginsburg's. And it has an oval diamond in the middle and two small rubies on each side. And he explained that the ruby is his birthstone and that the two stones on each side represented that his arms would always be around me. Then he asked again if I would think about it, and I said I did, and yes. And then we went to dinner at Lynn Street Cafe, and I couldn't stop staring at the ring, and I still can't, 12 years later. And um, I went to the family reunion after all, and that's it. That is my wonderful Aunt Mary Garris. Uh, yeah, my dad's sister. So they're wow. in Colorado now, but awesome. they got married here. But also, you got to feed my cats now for a week. And one of them needs like an ointment. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that too. So that was right. True Love, True Love, and Two Lies brought to you by Ginsburg Jewelers. Go ahead and tell them that the LAS Podcast Network or One Word Stories sent you, and they're going to give you 10% off of your order. Again, spend a million dollars, you're saving 100000 Spend $10 billion, you save $1 billion. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's, that's good math. Um, they're right across the street from, from Lindale Mall, right next to Red Robin, in that same parking lot as Poncheros, next to that fountain, okay? Standalone building, Ginsburg Jewelers. They're going to take great care of you. That's all I got. We're going to go to break for two minutes here. Maybe. We'll see if Logan puts in some ads this time. Who knows? He looked at me like, what? There wasn't ads in the last episode, I don't think. It's fine. Keep going. (laughs) Just say it. Just say it. To point it out, not to be too meta. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you in a second. Look who decided to come back for the second half of One Word Stories. You locked the door. Oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah, you tried leaving, but Nick Abuasili is here with me. I'm the mayor now. <laughs> Nobody's like, no. You can have it. No, yeah, kidding. yeah, thanks. Uh, I am here with the mayor of Marion, Nick Abuasili, also improv extraordinaire, but not really. You did do improv last week, and I will, I will never let you live that down. It was amazing, and I loved it, and I want to do it again. But um, sorry you didn't get the True Love, Two Lies correct. Me too, because now I have to feed your cats. <laughs> yeah, and give them the ointment yes. that is um, not given, it's not eaten. I'll just say that, okay? <laughs> so anyway, we are talking about leadership here, and and your story is incredible. You are so resilient. I mean, obviously, so you've been in office since 2016. You were elected in 20, the election was in 2015. Right. So, of, you've, yeah, been, so you've been uh, in office since 2016. And but I, I was on council before that. And so, you were okay, yeah. but, but like as and, mayor, twenty sixteen. Got it. And but you've you, you were student council in high school. 
And I'm still on student council today. Are you really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, mean <laughs> like, I ran for student council in seventh grade, right. and I've been doing it ever since. Exactly. In uh, college, God, and that's so weird. In my adult life, and yeah. Did you know you wanted to be a mayor, like from a young age, then? Or Actually, like, or like I, president or something. When I was 18, if you asked me what was my ideal job was, I wanted to be a senator. Really? I just wanted to be a United States senator. I thought that would yeah. be the coolest job and, you you know, where you could really make an impact. You, you could really could influence be. things. Um, who knows? Yeah, I know. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's the, a, the, it, that'd be really stressful. The atmosphere right now is exactly. just, you know, it's it's not what it was back then, the 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 there isn't the level of um, collaboration, and I'm I'm a very right. collaborative person. Right. I thrive on people working together, even if you don't agree with each other. But you know, finding common things to work on together and yeah. making progress. I mean, you know, this. And I don't know if you wanted to get into politics. No, but, we can. We absolutely but can. You know, it's just a. It's just this. We can't. This 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 current um, atmosphere of where you have two teams that are just intent on not letting and the other side have a win. Teams, you know, that's it, the whole thing. Well, too. you know, everything is like framed. Teams. Everything is framed from that. In that, it's like a football game. It's a, like a football game. Two Red teams that blue. are just want to destroy each other, and that, that that just can't be good for the, the country, or you know, uh, you know, any so of us. Give you a so, <clears throat> yeah. I I host the Rough Rider games. Yep. Here in town, and. Um, there are some fans that I really like, and I found out yesterday that they are—they think completely the opposite of everything that I think politically, okay. uh, which comes along with a little bit of morality too. And I won't say where I'm at or where they're at. I'm not—I'm not trying to promote anything right now. What I'm really just trying to tell the story of is the fact that when they brought that up, I said honestly, I disagree. I think the opposite. But that doesn't mean that we can't still be friends. So they are still my friend, and I still really like them a lot, and I will still hang out with them at the games, even though they think the opposite of me. But because I think there's a lot of things happening in the middle that not not in the middle, but um, a lot of things happening in the world that is dividing us, and it's just dangerous and it's gross. And I want to be friends with everybody. Right. I mean, you know, we're all we're all we're all in the same team. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it. Whether it's in the country or in the city or the state. I mean. Yeah, we all we all want. The, the only reason everybody's angry is because they care. Right. Everybody's got everybody's passion about having this thing be the best that they think it can be. Right. And whether that's this way or the other way, you know, the passion is the same. So, if anything, maybe we can find some common ground today here on this podcast. Right. <coughs> Let's have a debate. You didn't know <laughs> it, but here it comes. <laughs> Nick, oh, no. what are you doing with the taxpayer money? I'm just kidding. Please don't answer that question. So we we talked about how you got here to the States from Lebanon, which is wild. Nine years old, flew over here in the middle of civil war. Um, uh, We talked about (laughs) your show choir debut, your improv debut. But one thing that I usually want to touch on with my guests that we have not talked about yet was something that happened during your, um, what do you call it, Your, your mayority. Your may mayoral term, mayoral <laughs> term, some would call it. Not what I call it. I call it mayority, but whatever you can call whatever you want, <laughs> Mayor Nick. <laughs> we it's the pandemic. Yeah, pandemic slash derecho. Oh yeah. You know the one-two punch that Iowa got. What plans got cut off in March of 2020 for you? Um, and I'm not necessarily talking <clears throat> about the city of Marion, but you specifically. Me specifically? Yeah, and I know that entails a lot of, you know, the city of Marion as well. And But, like, 
there had to have been something you were planning for the year 2020 and it didn't get to happen. Well, um, or, obviously or none of us could really... How could, it changed, I guess. Yeah, none of us could travel anymore. But um, no, really for me, um, the, the, the pandemic and the derecho, um, I felt like I had been training for this moment my whole life from seventh grade student council right, through right. high school student council through every other leadership you know in, in in high school i was not i was on student council i was drum major i was a state vice president of future business leaders in college i was on the um uh, residence hall yeah, government absorbing all i was the experience you could i was you know president of several organizations through law school um you know and after, you know, I, I got out of school, um, you know, for a long time, I was in leadership in my church. I was president or vice president for about a year, about a 15 year period. Um, but anyway, my point is, I felt like all the leadership stuff I'd been doing all those years kind of was leading up to this moment of, of just instinctively knowing how to help the community yeah. and how to help the community come through it successfully uh, and um, leading the rest of the leaders of our city uh, and making sure that everybody was doing what they needed to do. And that was keeping everybody on the same page, you know, because there was no handbook for it. The pandemic hit. Nobody knew right, right. what was going on. But, um, you know, and everybody started kind of doing their own thing and just, you know, I brought everybody together under one task force that included business and the government and the schools and faith communities and um, healthcare uh, and the county. Everybody, we we brought a whole group together and we met weekly and we took we approached it from a holistic community wide um, viewpoint. Right, and 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 we're able to react together and in a. Uh, make sure the community had what they needed and the information they needed and um, and help uh, pull everybody to get, uh, through it that, that you know in the city as best as we could we provided the information for businesses and for people and um, so you know I just saw that was um, a really amazing time um, and then the derecho hit and <clears throat> I've never been um, so proud of, of, of the community, uh, that, you know, it was, it was devastating, but it was such a cool thing to be part of this massive effort where everybody pulled together and helped each other through it. And again, my role yeah. there was just to be engaged with the community. People want to know that you're there, you're present and you care about them. That's all they want to know. They want to know and that you're there and you care about their issues. And, um, you know, I was walking through mobile home parks and neighborhoods and charging people's cell phones and, oh, yes. you know, all those kinds of things just to, to, you know, just whatever people needed and organizing uh, uh, the response the humanitarian response and helping, uh, helping with that. Um, you know, that reminds me, there's, <coughs> there's something that I, that I learned on an episode a few episodes ago. I repeated it on a couple episodes ago, and my brother Anthony was like, this really meant a lot to me. So I'm going to repeat it here again. Mm -hmm. So when people are in need, one thing that they don't want to be asked is, what can I do to help? Or if, I, if, if you could think of anything that you need, right. let me know. 
yeah, yeah. Because that's such a cop out. It's that it's, right. it's saying now it's on it's, the pressure's on you non, to reach out to yeah. me. Instead, say, hey, can I come over and charge your phone? Exactly. Hey, can I come over and m- yeah. mow your lawn? Yeah. Those are the things, and and that's what you did. It's During, a non-offer offer when you say, "Let me know how I can help you." Right. You know uh, okay. Well, let me let me put look at the list of all these things I need to get done. Yeah. Yeah. Just go do that. Go do a specific thing. You know what needs to be done. Right. They're human. They need food. Yeah. Right. You know? you know. And then there was the other level of not only the community response, but you know, being the leader of the community and and making sure we had what we needed from the state, calling the governor. You know and making sure that she was hearing us and getting in contact with her people to have the National Guard come. And, um, you know, so it was that, uh, you know, getting the resources we needed from the state and federal government to our community and then taking care of our own community uh, and the people. Can I ask you, like, this, this just feels like a question that you'd get at, like, a debate. But I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Of the similarities and differences of derecho and the flood of 08. Because I saw a lot of similarities in the way the community responded. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Iowans and, uh, and, and, you know, in general, I think human beings, naturally, when they're going through something in common, they pull together. It, it was so cool to just, like... We were we were going through a divisive election year, right? And the most. Oh, you know, and it was just so great to see people just put that aside for a few weeks. It was right. Everybody was. put it aside, and everybody was just helping each other. They were, you know, we yeah. were we were. Let me bring my chainsaw over and chop that tree out of your, you know, front door. Right. We just, all we cared about was our shared humanity, and making sure that. Everybody was 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 had what they needed and, and and pulled through it successfully. Same thing with the flood. And same thing with the flood. You know, I mean, I took my family down and we uh, filled sandbags, sandbags and you know whatever. You know, yeah. you just you jump I was in. chest deep in water, but, carrying a sandbag over my head at Mercy Hospital. It was but awesome. the difference between the flood well, and derecho no. was in the flood. It happened in a in a you know it was a big area, but in a limited area. Right. And everybody from the rest of the metro came and helped help downtown so exactly this time the the, the flood came to the, the door the derecho <laughs> i mean every single person had the same need in the entire area there wasn't anyone who wasn't affected you know every building had damage every, you know so it it was that's where it was different it was such a massive scale and you know when you wake up as a person who you know has a responsibility for the community and people are looking to you for guidance and leadership and uh, mm-hmm. You know, it is so overwhelming because you look around and you say, well, "Where do we even start?" But right. that's where you just like you know one we one hour at a time. That's what I just kept telling people, you know, just one hour at a time. Well, what are we doing in this hour and in the next hour? And then slowly you start to see the light after you know after weeks, a couple of weeks. You know, I mean, did I, you uh, have power at the house? No, no. What did you guys do for fun when you didn't have power? During the derecho, uh-huh. yeah, I, I, we played board I, I games would, <laughs> by candlelight. I was, I was You're too out in twenty hours a day. I mean, I didn't go to work. I didn't, you know, twenty hours a day. God, I was who, just look who, who am I asking resp- here? What'd you, you do know, for fun? Out Nick? in the community, but uh, but <laughs> we did. What we did, video games were you playing? You're like, <laughs> no, we shut did, up, Alex. We did play board games. Uh, <laughs> we did play board games, you know, with the kids, you know, by candlelight and stuff. But uh, or you know, yeah. I mean, it, but in general, I mean, I was, I was really 20 20 hours a day uh, just out working and 
You were uh, sleeping for four responding. hours? Three? Oh, I, I was up in, in the middle of the night responding the, to uh, messages and texts and Facebook uh, <sighs> questions and just telling people where the resources are, taking their needs, and the next day, you know, getting someone to respond answering questions oh yeah i mean i was it was serving the people it never it never stopped but yeah. uh, that's that's what you, you just do what you have to do was there a day that came that you were like oh i can breathe a little bit better today yeah i mean like i said it was maybe about two weeks two weeks into it uh where i felt like we saw the light at yeah. the end of the tunnel and and we we were we had a handle on things we had cleared the streets um and you know we were Getting services back and all of that. So. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Um, how does all this affect you as a guy? You know, you're human. You you yeah. have you have a brain just like the rest of us. This you know, seeing things affect your community in such a bad way. Yeah. How? What were the ways that you maintained positive mental health? Because people had to be looking. Uh, my mental health was yeah. shit. It was terrible. Yeah. Throughout that entire thing, because and I needed people like you to look to, to center myself and to see that light at the end of the tunnel so you know we look to the leaders but who do the leaders look to well, I mean, where I, do you where I, do you find that strength I, i'm a person of faith you know so i find a lot of strength in my faith my family um and i'm naturally i'm a person who i've just always been able to handle a lot right i mean it um i think that's why i'm doing what i'm doing you know it's it's not for everybody <laughs> And, uh, no shit. yeah, I could never, do um, that. you know, I've, I've, I'm just naturally a person who can juggle a lot of things and, and, and handle a lot of, uh, stress. Uh, I mean, just my, my day job, you know, uh, my law job, it's, I'm always putting out fires all day long. Um, so, um, but I mean, I'm not saying it's not stressful, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stress to go with it, but you know that people are counting on you, and so you just you, you know you pull through. But I, I guess what I'm wondering is is how do you recharge? Do you ever recharge? Or are you just the the I, Energizer Bunny? I am. I mean, honestly, I, I I am motivated by by leadership. I mean, I just the opportunity to 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 to, to serve and to lead. I, that's that's what gets me charged. You know, I I as, if I feel like I'm making a difference. If I feel like I'm making an impact, I can, you know, I can do that all all day long. If if I if I feel like it it matters, and um, I don't know, I attribute that to being a middle child. I have to feel <laughs> like I matter. <laughs> but, Shout out to the middle children out there. <laughs> yeah, I have to feel relevant. Um, you are relevant, Nick. I don't know, but um, but your brother is better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know him. He, he probably sucks. No, he's a great guy. I have two <laughs> brothers, and they're both great they're both guys. great guys. Um, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what other questions I really have for that thing. I, I really want I really wanted to know how you as a human deal with all these stresses, really, because I mean we all have different stresses in our life, whether it's well running yeah. a city or right. you know a bad relationship with a family member or whatever. But well, I think like a lot of people, I have a close group of of friends that I can vent to or, you know, who, who listen. Um, I, of course I have my, my wife. Yeah. Uh, who did not come awesome. to the improv show. She was out of town. It's convenient. <laughs> Quite convenient. 
Um, so she missed a great show. Well, I hope I'm, she knows that. If she's listening to this, she's, she missed a great show. She's heard from people that that uh, oh, that it was a good show, but um, she would have been there if she could. It was so fun. I and I know she would have. <laughs> poking fun. Um, you had some great support in the crowd that night too. We had some really good people. It was really cool. There was a big group from the city that, that mm-hmm. showed up. A lot of friends from the community. community. And five bucks of every ticket went to the holiday lights yes. uh, program. We're, we're we're trying to year after year improve our holiday lights display, which which is a very expensive uh, thing to you know buying buying the holiday lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Well, what's next? What's next? Who knows? Mayor Nick Abouassili. I I basically operate hour by hour, so I don't know uh, what's next. I've, I uh, I'm having a, a a great time right now. You know, I've been involved in a lot of the planning on the front end from two decades ago till now on a lot of what's happening in Marion. I was on all the steering committees, all the. Um, uh, uh, visioning and uh, you know all, uh, every board and commission and you know and yeah, and yeah. all the things that we talked about and dreamt about happening in the city it's kind of materializing now and so it's kind of fun to be on this end watching it all materialize wow. and and seeing it come to life and seeing just the transformation of of the city I hope I can be a part of that transformation just a little bit you know I love that I love that city too I, I may be Cedar Rapids local but my mom lives <clears> in Marion darn it okay so I love Marion, and I love the Giving Tree, and I love uh, the squ- town square. What do you call it? City square. City square. Yeah. I must love it a lot if I know the name of it, don't <laughs> I? But I really do love that area. You know, um, there, there's great businesses. Marion always has felt very local. Yeah. You know, um, of course, there's you got your McDonald's there, but but everything <laughs> about Marion just seems so local to me, and I, I want to maintain that. We're doing a podcast behind the shrug. We gotta do it. The snug. The snug. The shrug. <laughs> oh my God! Help me, Lord, dear Lord, help me. I'm Alex, and I don't know the names of things. <laughs> We're doing it behind the snug. I don't live in Marion. Okay, give me a break. <laughs> I know of. Let's see. There's the Golden Chicken or something. <laughs> the Golden. <laughs> there's a. Uh, Goldfinch? Goldfinch. There's yeah, not the golden chicken. There's uh that Get out. Get out. Get out while you can. No, there's uh let's see. There's Zamy's pizza. Hey, right? I love Zamy. Yeah, go check out Zoe's pizza. Okay, I'm getting out of here, but if there's anything that we can do to be a part of that, we would love that. Uh, whether it's making a Liars Theater reunion happen, let's make it happen in Marion. Love that. God, let's get those. Let's get Nina Swanson, Gerard Estea, Scott Schulte, Janelle Lauer. Uh, let's get the whole gang back together and let's let's do Liars Theater again somehow. But the big thing is, yeah, anything that's happening there, there there's endless opportunities in Marion, and they keep happening because of not only you, but people like you. And um, Yeah, we have we have a really great group of community leaders um, who are all going in the same direction. I think that makes a big difference. And we work together on everything, and we have the same vision. And, work uh, together. That's, that makes all the difference. I guess my last question would you, for you would be is, um, what advice would you give to... Um, someone who wants to be a better leader. Be a good listener. Truly listen. 
Um, don't listen just to respond. I mean, listening is, it seems like it's such a simple thing, but um, no one wants to feel dismissed and no one, and everyone wants to feel valued and that their opinion matters, even if you don't agree with them. I just think that it's, it sounds like just such a simple thing, but it makes all the difference when people feel like they've been heard. It's easier said than done. It is. It is. And, you know, we all like, we live in this age of, we all, you know, we have our phones in our hand and we have access to everything and we feel like we know everything and we don't know everything. Right. And there's always room to learn and there's, and, and we have to remain willing to be convinced that we don't know everything, you know, that, that we, there may be a different uh, way of looking some, at something that, that, you know, we don't look at it that way. Uh, so just, be, I, I, I really, you know, that's, that's the biggest piece of advice that, that has really helped me. I mean, I think that's why, you know, I've been able to do what I do is that, I, you know, I really make a point of listening to people and their issues and their questions. I, I, I try not to be dismissive of their concerns even if they're really silly or whatever they are, you know, because to, them it's, it's, to yeah. them it's important. And so, you know, I think that's that's the biggest thing. And, and, and relationships are everything. Yeah. Relationships are everything. You never know when those relationships are going to come back to to help you, to, 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 to uh, play a, a, an important role in your success. You cannot succeed unless other people around you want to see you succeed. You cannot. If, if, if you... If there are people around you who don't want to see you succeed, you will not achieve your goals. So relationships are everything, and I think those are the two biggest things that um, I, you know, I would uh, give as advice to people. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. That's gonna do it, I think, for today. Cool. But I have to torch you a little bit more <clears throat> in the post show. Will you stick around for fifteen more minutes so we can do some improv? I know I'm gonna regret it, but I will. <laughs> Yes has been your word lately, <laughs> yes, huh? Yes, yes. For better or worse. <laughs> Let's get out of here then. All Thanks right. so much for listening to this episode of One Word Stories. I'm Alex Schulte, and I've been joined by Mayor of Marion, Nick Abuwasili, who's a new friend of mine, and I'm so <coughs> glad I know you now. It's It's been such a treat to, to get to know you better over these past few weeks. It's been a lot of fun. This show is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. To support it, please consider subscribing to LAS Plus where you'll get bonus content, ad-free episodes, the the bonus post-show of One Word Stories, discounts at live shows, exclusive merch, a lot more. I could go on forever. But if you want that, go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus, 10 bucks a month, get you started, and you'll feel really good. Logan, thanks for producing this episode. Nick, seriously, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. You are Thanks for the opportunity. Are you kidding me? God, you you have you bring validity to my show. I I got the <laughs> wow. mayor on. Wow. I did it. I get to I get to quit now. This will be the last episode. No, it's not. We'll be back <laughs> next week with a really great episode as well. Thanks everybody. Um and, and my last last little question for ya. What's your word? Mustache Media.